Yo, what's happening? It's your man, the Guru here from Guru Speaks Podcast. And you're not checking out Sports Way with my dog, Dre Day. Get with it and get ran over. Biatch. It's episode time, motherfuckers. What up, what up, what up? This is your man, Dre Day. And you are tuned into a brand new episode with Sports Way with Dre Day Podcast. This is episode number 43. This episode here... How can I say this? Um, this is gonna be one of the realest ones that I come, that that I've come out with. Um, these 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 segments here is gonna be is well, basically the first two is gonna be some shit. You know what I'm saying? The last one is just basically, you know, my play my Western Conference semifinals setup or whatever the case may be. So these first two these first two segments is going to be live and they're going to be crazy. So, you know, let me not even hold y'all up anymore. Let me get straight to the point. Um the NFL draft. Um I'm not going to speak on all of it. So, if that's what y'all thinking, no. We 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 ain't, we ain't even going to do all that. We ain't even going to cross that path and speak on the whole draft. We all knew Kyler Murray was going one. We already knew the racist Nick Bosa was going to to the 49ers. We already knew that. You know what I'm saying? The first two picks, we pretty much already knew those were X and stone already. What we didn't expect was the move that the New York Giants made. Now, for all of y'all that's, you know, been living under a rock, the Giants have been in desperate need of a new quarterback for quite some time now. Eli Manning is basically at the end of his rope. Um, I honestly think that he probably has about two years left in the NFL. Now the question is, is it as a starter or is it as a bench warmer, a second string quarterback? With the move that the Giants should have made, that right there should have been you can basically say the passing of a torch so forth. So 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 you can say as it pertains to the New York Giants. Um the consensus, the the logical pick, the pick that, that should have been selected was Dwayne Hawkins. Haskins, Haskins, my fault. Dwayne Haskins, my fault. He should have been the logical choice for the New York Giants. Um, he was overall the second ranking quarterback in the draft class. First of all, this draft class didn't have that many great quarterbacks to begin with. That's the one thing that this draft class lacked, and that was a lot of, you know, top-notch quarterbacks. Obviously, Kyler Murray was drafted number one, so he was he was number one across the board. Dwayne Haskins was the second best quarterback in this draft class. Giants didn't draft him. But let me just get into who the Giants did draft. They drafted a young fellow by the name of Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. See, I'm not even going to say Daniel fucking Jones because... You know when you th- when, when, when you say 
you know, somebody's name and then you throw the fucking and their last name in it, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you bring some if to it. You bring some, you bring some funk to it. It's like Aaron fucking Rogers or Seth fucking Rollins. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to do that for Daniel Jones here because that pick right there made no sense to me. It made zero sense to me. And now I'm starting to question what the hell the Giants are actually thinking. Now, first of all, I'm not a Giants fan. So let me just get that out the way. Not a Giants fan. But I am a native New Yorker. And if it's one thing I want for my city, it's for my city to succeed. Unfortunately, I don't want them to succeed on my expense, which happened twice with the Giants. They beat my Patriots. So I'm not too thrilled about that. But from a New York standpoint, yes, I want them to succeed. This wasn't the quarterback that was going to get you over that hump or somewhat be uh, an heir apparent to Peyton Manning. I mean, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, my fault. But since I brought Peyton in there, since I brought Peyton Manning into this topic, let me explain to y'all why the Giants chose to go this route with Daniel Jones. It's because he has ties to Peyton and Eli. The Manning brothers, they train at Duke University. You know, they train with the quarterbacks. They train with the receivers in the offseason. Well, I don't know if Peyton still does it because he's retired. But I know Eli still goes over there from time to time and shit like that. I believe um, the head coach of Duke, um, I believe he was a former coordinator or something like that with one of the Manning brothers. I don't know if it was Eli or Peyton. So I don't know, maybe they're, you know, maybe they're looking to Daniel Jones as um, a stepbrother, or you can say um, they're trying to groom him and probably adopt him into the Manning family or whatever the case may be. Maybe that's why they drafted him, because I know one thing, skill-wise, he don't stand up to Dwayne Hackens at all, by no stretch of the imagination. First of all, you play at Duke University. And this is no knock to Duke University. You know what I'm saying? But when you think of Duke University, you think of basketball. Honestly, I think Duke lacrosse is more popular than Duke football. That's just my personal opinion. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But I just think that this general manager from the New York Giants, um, Gettleman, I believe his name is, I don't know what the fuck he's thinking. I truly don't know what's on his mind with the moves that he's made so far as it pertains to the offseason and now with this draft. Okay? Now, let's just go to the game tape. Let's just go to the game tape. He plays at Duke. Do anybody watch Duke games? I know for a fact I don't. I know they play in the ACC, but... To my knowledge, you know, the three publicized teams that play in the ACC that actually get TV time is Clemson, Florida State, and Louisville. Those are the only three teams that I can think of that actually get some burn and get some spotlight on TV. Duke, Duke's never on TV. Never. Never on TV. Um... Dwayne Haskins, like I said, he was the second best ranking quarterback in the draft class. 
So why would the Giants not want to draft a quarterback that's in the sec that that's second overall in the draft class? I wonder why. But I'm gonna get into that later. I'm gonna still speak on this whole Daniel Jones situation here because I'm trying to wrap my mind around why the Giants drafted this boy. See, this situation here, I compare this situation and you Nick fans out there will under you 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 Nick fans out there will understand where I'm coming from. You remember when Mike D'Antoni was drafting the Knicks? I mean, when he was coaching the Knicks a few years ago and they drafted Danello Gallinari. Um, I can't remember who else was in that draft class off the top of my head, but the reason why Mike D'Antoni drafted him was because he had ties to Gallinari's father. I believe they played ball together in Italy. So that was more so of an emotional pick as it was a common sense pick. So this pick right here was more of an emotional pick as it, as it pertains to a common sense pick. Like this basically was a pick to appease the Mannings. It didn't have nothing to do with appeasing the Giants fans. The fans that go out there and purchase these tickets. It's not, it's not to appease those fans that spend their hard-earned money to come watch y'all play. Let me remind you Giants, well, not even Giants fans, because I'm, I'm not even barking on y'all, because I feel y'all pain. You know, I saw the draft. Y'all was livid with this pick, very livid with this pick. Um, there was videos that they put up of kids crying. Um, I saw a video of Joe Button had posted on Instagram of him just being shocked and distraught with the pick that they made. Um, first things first, that's on um, Fox Sports 1 with Chris Carter, um, Nick Wright, and Jenna Wolf. Um, they have a, they have like a, you know, they have a segment where they call, um, go viral. There was a fan that posted a video on Instagram. He was distraught, cursing up a storm about this pick that the Giants made. Nobody is happy with this. Nobody is happy with this pick. I wouldn't be surprised if Giants fans really leave the bandwagon now, I'm not even gonna say bandwagon, but I would say I wouldn't be surprised if Giants fans leave being Giants fans and cross over to being Browns fans. Now that Odell Beckham is there now. That wouldn't surprise me at all. I'm not saying they'll cross over to the other side of the hall and be Jets fans, but I do believe some of them is gonna cross over to being Cleveland Brown fans now. That's just my personal opinion. But again, let's get to the shebang of this. The general manager said that they was going to treat this like the Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers situation, which means they're going to sit him for three years so he can be groomed by Eli Manning. First of all, when you draft a quarterback that high, like you did for him. Now, mind you, he was the sixth overall quarterback and ranking wise in this draft class. That means there were five other quarterbacks that were ranked before him. He was 59th overall. That means basically in a nutshell, he was going to be a second round pick. He was mocked to be a second round draft pick. And you drafted this boy this high. So if you drafted him this high, this boy ain't trying to be on no, he ain't trying to be on the pond for three years. He's trying to get his start now. And I tell you what, 
if the Giants start this season off on a bad note, you may put them in there quicker than you want them to. Because you want this to be a three-year, you want this to be a three-year project with him. You want him to sit there and learn from Eli. Well, guess what? If Eli is not up to par, as we all think he will, as, as we all think he won't be, you may have to put Daniel Jones in quicker than expected. And he ain't ready for this New York heat. He ain't ready for the media world. The fans already don't like you. What you think going to happen once he get on that field? Because if, again, like I said, if Eli is not up to par this upcoming season, you may be forced to put this boy in quicker than expected. Now, let's get to the shebang of this. Let me stop with the bullshit. I think I've done enough shenanigans as it is. I think I need to take this... Crank, up, crank it up a little bit. Increase the vault. Increase the vaults a little bit, you might think. Did it ever occur to you that maybe, just maybe, the Giants didn't want to draft a black quarterback? Maybe. I'm just thinking here. I mean... They have got rid. I mean, they have gotten rid of some of their publicized black players on their team. I mean, Saquon. You know, they just drafted him last year. You know, I like him. You know, I like him. So I'm gonna exclude him. You let Olivier Vernon go. One of your top defenders. Who's a brother? Landell Collins. Well, actually, Olivier Vernon. You traded him. Landell Collins, you let him test the free agent market. He goes to the rival Redskins. You didn't want to sign that brother. And to make matters worse, you traded your most popular player. The player that actually probably puts asses in the seats and that would just be Odell Beckham Jr. You let him go. And now you don't want to draft Dwayne Haskins, who by far is much better than who the fuck you drafted on Thursday night. Let's just look at the numbers. 50 touchdown passes, eight interceptions, 4,831 passing yards. And on top of that, he played in one of the top conferences in football, college football, the Big Ten. So Ohio State games is always shown. You mean to tell me that that's Dwayne, that's Dwayne Haskins numbers I threw out. I didn't throw Daniel Jones numbers out. This is his numbers. 22 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 2,674 passing yards. Where the fuck do y'all go off on drafting Daniel Jones over Dwayne Haskins? But I'll say this much, though. He holding a grudge. As he should be. Because he got overlooked. Throughout this whole ordeal, this man, well, this young boy thought that chances are he was going to be a, I mean, he's still a top pick. I mean, he's 15. I mean, he was the 15th pick. But by all metrics, this, this, this dude expected that he was probably going to the Giants. But they chose to go another route. They didn't want to draft the black quarterback. 
Um, in the words of Gettleman, um, there's a culture change. I'm paraphrasing. There's a culture change for the Giants. I guess what he meant by that is being that he got rid of Odell and some of them other guys, it's a culture change. Maybe that's why he didn't want to draft Dwayne Haskins. But I'll say this much, though. He's going to be holding the grudge. He got drafted by their rivals, the Redskins, which means if he starts, which chances are he probably will be because um, Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, they're not a long-term thing for the Redskins. Alex Smith got hurt last year. I believe he tore his ACL, so he's definitely not playing this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if they move either Coit McCoy or um, Case Keenum just to have Dwayne Haskins as a starter, which means you're going to have to deal with him two times this season, this upcoming season. You don't think he's going to be holding the grudge? He said, he, said in, he, he said it in his interview, his draft interview. He didn't go to the draft. He had a bowling party in his hometown. He looked straight in the camera and said, the NFL done messed up. They passed on me. A lot of teams passed on me. And a lot of those teams needed quarterbacks. But I ain't talking about all them other teams. I'm talking about the Giants. The Giants needed them, the Giants needed them a quarterback. They needed somebody that was going to help put asses in them seats and help them win. And they went and got a quarterback from Duke. We ain't talking basketball here. They're not drafting Zion Williamson here. We're talking, we talking about Duke football. Nobody watches Duke football. But they drafted this kid because he had ties to Eli Manning and Peyton Manning. This is the reason why they drafted him. They wanted to appease the Mannings. This had nothing to do with you Giants fans. And you Giants fans should speak up. Speak up. Go to these games. Curse up a storm. I'm not saying go over there and cause a tantrum. Throw shit on the field. But tell them how you feel. Tell them how you feel. You spent your hard-earned money to come watch these boys play. And chances are, this is going to be another season where y'all don't make the playoffs. The Eagles have gotten better. I hate to say this, but the Cowboys are still going to be, you know, one of the top teams in the division. The Redskins, who knows what's going to happen with them. But with y'all, y'all may fuck around and be in last place this year. Or for this pick that y'all got. Because that young boy, he ain't, re- he-, he-, he ain't ready for these bright lights. Eli is at the end of his rope. Why can't the, why can't the Giants front office see that? See, the problem is this. Eli is only relevant for two fucking reasons. I keep saying it. It's time to let Eli go. It's time to let him go. He paid his dues in New York already. He did what he did everything he had to do. But he is only still relevant for these two reasons. One, his two Super Bowl rings. Well, two well, three reasons. Two, one, his Super Bowl rings. That's two of them. Two, who he beat? He beat the GOAT, Tom Brady. And then three, he's a Manning. First family, first NFL family. That's the only reason why he is still relevant in football. That's the only reason why he is still around. 
If he was the average Joe, as far as from a name standpoint, or he would have been out of the NFL a long time ago. He would have been on the bench somewhere. But I'll say this, though. Like I said, Giants fans, this is a message to y'all. You can come join our bandwagon if you want. If you're tired of losing and want to win, come to Foxborough. We all, like, listen, we welcome you. I welcome you. I tell you what, we got ourselves a quarterback. We got us a bona fide GOAT. We got us a bona fide legend. And we got a bona fide coach. And a bona fide owner. Aside from doing, you know, his, you know, his aggressions that's, you know, hitting the news right now. But that's neither here nor there. But still, you get what I'm saying. Giants fans, if you thought this was bad, for the next few years, y'all might find yourself missing the playoffs just like y'all been missing them for quite this time right now. Because the Giants should have drafted Dwayne Haskins. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That should have been the player that they drafted. But again, they wanted to appease. This was a Manning pick. This was a Manning pick. That's what this was about. And he has the complexion for the protection for the collection. Shout out to OG Paul Mooney. That's why they drafted Daniel Jones. Because it has nothing to do with skills. He don't have no skills at all. They compare him to the Mannings. His aura, his demeanor is like the Mannings. But see, here's the thing. Can he fling that ball like Peyton Manning? Does he have the brain, the IQ of a Peyton Manning or Eli Manning for that matter? But we going to find out. Because again, they said for three years, this boy is supposed to be sitting on the bench. He may, be, he may be starting sooner than y'all think. Because again, if Eli's not up to par, if he's not up to par, y'all may be forced to put this boy in the starting lineup and have him start. Because again, y'all drafted him sixth. You're not drafting somebody at the sixth pick and having him on the bench for three years. Y'all just not doing it. But... We shall see. Giants fans, I feel for y'all. This is not even me being a smart ass and making fun of the pick. No, I feel sorry for y'all. I know a lot of people that are Giants fans. Shout out to Cindy, Peter, Jeremy, my dad who's a Giants fan. A couple of other people. These are the only people that I can think of off the top of my head. I feel for y'all. I truly do. I'm not even trying to make fun of y'all or none of that. This pick was disgusting. It was nauseating. Migraine headache type. I feel bad for y'all. I truly do. I truly fucking do. But enough of that. We're going to take a break. Going to pay some bills. And before you know it, I'm going to holler back at you with something much, much, much more serious as it pertains to a certain football player in the NFL. And I think it's time for him to go and 
amongst other things that I think should happen to him. I'm going to speak on that when I return from this break. Holla at your boy. What up, what up, what up? I'm back. Uh, This segment here, this one is a real, real disturbing one for me. Um, As a father myself, uh, I mean, even though my son is 14, he'll be 15 uh, next Friday. Shout out to my son, Joshua. Love you. Miss you. Hope to see you soon. Uh, this, this, this segment here is about, um, well, I want to say Kansas City chief receiver, but I'm hoping after this ordeal that they have the brass and balls to release this motherfucker, release this son of a bitch, uh, Tyreek Hill. Um, it comes a point in time where. Fuck what you can do on the football field. It's about who you are as a human being. And yes, he has stats out the ass. You know, he can run fast. He can do all those things. When it pertains to you being a human being. As a father. Your job is to protect and provide for your family, especially your kids. Your job is to protect and provide for them. By no stretch of the imagination should your kids fear you. Well, I mean, if you want them to fear you, I mean, fear you to the point where you're not putting hands on them. Fear them to the point where they shouldn't be worried about, oh, if I do something wrong, I'm going to get my ass beat. Let me just get straight to the point here. Because it's very disturbing. It's very disturbing on what I'm going to speak on. Very disturbing. It's, it's, it, it's, it's sent a bad taste in my mouth. Reading up on this. Hearing about it. But let me just get straight to it. Tyreek Hill basically has been banned indefinitely from all team activities as it pertains to the Chiefs. All of this comes from an audio recording that was aired on a TV station in Kansas City where Tyreek Hill's fiance, Crystal Espino, I believe that's her name, accused him of abusing their three-year-old son. Okay. Criminal case, it was a, a criminal case against Hill from the Johnson County District Attorney's Office. It has been reopened. Attorney Stephen Howe said on Wednesday, charges would not be filed after police were called to Hill's house two times last month. He felt the crime had taken place, but the evidence wasn't cleared on who did it. This is not the first time that Tyreek Hill has had an abuse issue. It just so happened. This is the first time it was something disputing with his son. He has a domestic violence issue with his fiance now, I believe. That was years ago. And now this. 
But here's the thing. It was an 11 minute audio in which Tyreek Hill's fiance mentions to Hill that when asked about the injuries that was pertained on their son's arm, I believe she asked him, asked their son, where the marks come from, where the injuries come from. The boy said, daddy did it. Espino also said to Hill, pertaining to their son, he is terrified of you. Hill didn't responded by saying, you need to be afraid of me too, bitch. Really? So you didn't say, oh, why is he afraid of me? He shouldn't be afraid of me. I'm here to protect him. He never downplayed hitting his son. None of those things. See, if you're accused of something, you're going to be straight up front and defend your honor. If somebody accused you of something, you're going to ride out for yourself and say, oh, hell no. This is not true. This is false. None of this went down. He's not downplaying none of this. He's actually co-signing what he's actually subliminally co-signing what he's doing is okay. He had the nerve to tell his fiance, you need to be afraid of me too, bitch. Wow. Damn. Shit. What's also disturbing in the recording, his fiance said their son kept saying, daddy punches me. When he starts crying, Again, this is just this is just shit that that that's being reported. When their son cries, he makes his son opens his arms and he punches his son in the chest. Now, these are all things that are being reported and honestly, this is tough to swallow. This is tough to believe that he's not doing all these things because again, if these stories were if these stories were false when these when when in, in, in this recording when his wife was mentioning these things he could have easily said that's not true I'm not doing these things he's subliminally advocating what he's doing let me just go back let, let me just go back to the quote when it came to his fiance when she said that he is terrified of you, meaning their son, their son is terrified of you. You said you need to be ter you need to be terrified of me too, bitch. So yeah, I'm whooping his ass, and yeah, he's scared of me. But guess what? You should be afraid of me too. Kansas City Chiefs. I'm trying to figure out why this guy hasn't been. Cut already. But let me guess. The audio wasn't good enough. You need a video. Like the Kareem Hunt situation. It took, a vid it took for a video for you to finally cut him. You knew about the shit, but you kept him at bay. But then once the video surfaced, that's when y'all said y'all had to cut him. This situation here is different. We're talking about the welfare of a child, a three-year-old child.
This kid is innocent. This young kid, this young baby is innocent. I'm quite sure that baby probably didn't even ask to be here. And for him to be afraid of his father to the point where his father is punching him in the chest. Where the fuck do you go punching a three-year-old in the chest? I mean, excuse my language here, but this, this part right here about to get hot. Because again, I'm a father. Now, my son, again, 14, about to be 15. Even when he was younger, I never punched him. I might have grabbed him by his arms and held him up, you know, held him up against the wall. But no, no stretch of the imagination. Am I punching my son? Am I beating my son? Nah. Now, did I get those things as a child? You better believe I did. You better believe I did. My mother gave me some wounds and hell, so did my father. But this is a three-year-old child we're talking about. Three years old. Now, a few years ago, Adrian Peterson had this same situation. Same situation. And the Vikings got him up out of there. Got him up out of there. But they got him out of there because it was affecting their sponsor's bottom dollar. They couldn't support that move. They couldn't advocate for a guy. Now, granted, future Hall of Famer, all-time leader in Russian, all that shit. But when it pertains to you abusing your kid, doesn't sit right with these sponsors. So they had to cut ties with him. Kansas City Chiefs, when are y'all going to do this? It's about time y'all cut the bullshit and cut this motherfucker. He should have been gone once these rumors came out. In fact, forget the rumors. Once the audio came out, that's when you should have cut him. Fuck barring him for being a part of team activities. Take him away from the football field, period. Take him off a NFL roster. Because I tell you one thing, when they do decide to cut him, Ain't no other NFL team going to sign him. Not after this shit. That man need to be in jail for this shit. If all this is true, that man need to be in jail. Let the boys in jail handle him. That's what you call street justice. Because this right here is unacceptable. Unacceptable. A three-year-old? A three-year-old. That three-year-old child is supposed to be you supposed to be that child's protector you supposed to be the one shielding him from beatings you should be the one shielding him from someone doing harm to him and you're the one doing the harming what kind of man are you this is pathetic this is disturbing like i hated to even speak on this but again, as a father myself, I think I needed to speak on this. Because again, and this is to a lot of my bros out there that have father, that, that, that have kids. I'm quite sure this is not shit that they do. I'm quite sure they're not doing this. this is, that's what real men do. Real men protect and provide for their family, not bring harm to it. And that's what this young man has done. So fuck all that shit that he's done on the football field. Oh, he can run slants. Oh, he's a fast motherfucker. And man-to-man -man courage. Oh, 
don't, you don't want man-to-man -man coverage on him. You better put somebody over there to help. Cause you're gonna get you're gonna get iced out. He gonna he gonna line you up. He gonna blow past you. Fuck all that. As a man, how are you as a man? And if these and if these stories right here is true, oh no. You need to reevaluate yourself. You need to reevaluate yourself. But it's a good thing he is being barred from team activities. Because I tell you this though. Let's just say for sake of argument, hypothetically, because even though this is not going to, even though this is not going to happen, let's just say nothing did happen to him. Let's say no legal action did take place, but legal action is going to take place. It's going to. It's just a matter of when. Because again, a case has been reopened. So legal actions is going to take place on this. But let's just say for the sake of argument, let's just have a little fun here. And let's say it didn't take place. And let's say he was still allowed to play. If I'm a head coach on that other team, I'm telling my defenders, take him out. You remember back in the day? I believe it was. What was it? What was the year that the Saints went to the Super Bowl? I think it was 2009. The, 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 the Bounty Gate shit. I forgot who was the coordinator of the team. I think it was Greg Williams, I believe. And some of the players from the Saints, they was putting bounties, I believe, on Kurt Warner and Brett Favre, for whatever the reason may be. Both of these guys were Hall of Fame quarterbacks, but there were bounties out on them. And, and the Saints, you know, got sanctioned. You know, Greg Williams was out of coaching for a few years. I believe Sean Payton was suspended. I think the Saints lost some draft picks. It was fined. For this situation here, again, this is just to do in a hypothetical because this is not going to happen because legal actions will take place in this. But let's just say no legal action took place and he was still allowed to play. If I was a head coach on the opposing team, we are rocking him to sleep every opportunity we get. For your actions as it pertains to being a father to your son. With your actions, with this shit that we hearing, especially from that audio. Oh no, every time you cross that field, you getting your shit rocked. You getting put to sleep. You going on that gridiron every single possession. Oh yeah, some damage going to get done to you. Because that's just shit that we don't accept. That's just shit that we don't rock with. Nah. Mm -mm, nah, mm -mm. this don't sit well with me. This don't sit well with me at all. And Kansas City Chiefs do the right thing. Cut ties with him. Cut ties with him. It is now Saturday. This shit was released on Thursday. Thursday he should have been released. Fuck barring him from team activities. Cut that motherfucker. Cut him. The audio's not good enough for you? It'd have been good enough for me. Cut this motherfucker. Cut him. Kansas City Chiefs fans, voice your frustration. Voice your gripe. Go to Kansas City, Kansas City Chief headquarters. Because I believe right now it's uh, um, off-season OTAs, I believe. I think something like that. 
Get your signs. Cut Hill. Release Hill. Set the precedent that this is unacceptable. That this man should no longer not only be a player for the Kansas City Chiefs, but he should no longer be playing in the NFL. Not with behavior like this. That man needs to be in jail for shit like this. He needs to be in jail for shit like this. But let me just get off this because, again, it's disturbing to talk about reading up on it and even, you know, you know, watching first take and hearing Stephen A speak on it and Max Kellerman and watch it undisputed and hearing Uncle Shannon Sharp and Skip talk about it. It's, 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 it's just disturbing. And three of the four... Three of the four guys I just mentioned are fathers. So I can only imagine how they felt speaking on that. And Shannon Sharp said something very fascinating when it pertains to this. He said his grandmother always told him that there's three people that will tell you the truth. A kid, a drunk, and an angry person. There's a kid in this situation. Why would a three-year-old lie about something like this? Again, about the bruises. Broken arm. When asked how he obtained those injuries, the three-year-old son said, Daddy did it. Why would this kid be lying about something like that? But again, I'm off this. I'm done speaking about this. It pains me. To even speak on. It pisses me off. To even speak on it. But. Something needs to be done to Tyreek Hill. Absolutely. Legal actions need to be taken. He needs to go to jail. If. If all of this is true. But. It ain't looking too good. Because again. Why would a kid lie about this? A three year old about. A three year old at that. Why would a three year old lie about that? So Yeah. Kansas City Chiefs, y'all already barred him. Now it's time to call him in the office, sit him down, and let him know we're releasing you. We just can't support, we, we, we just can't, you know, support you and have you on our team with behavior like this. So Kansas City Chiefs, y'all got some serious decisions to make. Y'all already cut ties with him as far as team activities. He can't step on the field. He can't step in the gym. All that. Call him in the office and let him know you're cutting him, you're releasing him, and you don't want no parts of him no more. That's what y'all need to do. So Kansas City, get on the ball. Y'all are on the motherfucking clock. What up, what up, what up? I'm back. Uh, this final segment here, you know, is usually, you know, the first segment, you know what I'm saying, when I, uh, start, you know, start my podcast episode, but the first two segments, I had to speak on those ASAP, I had to speak on those real quick, I had to make sure that those two was the first two, because, uh, you know, a lot of people, um, was asking me, yo, Dre, you gonna speak on this, or you gonna speak on this, you gonna speak on this, and uh shout out to um my homegirl Jaylene, uh who was a supporter of the podcast. 
she was like that um her, her son Jaden, you know, always listened to my podcast and he was like that, oh tell Dre to um talk about the Giants. So being that he said speak about the Giants, you know, you gotta give the people what they want, you know what I'm saying? So I had to speak on that one first, but enough of all that, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Jaden. Um happy birthday. Um but this segment right here I'm going to just speak about the NBA playoffs. I'm going to wrap up about the NBA playoffs. You know, we're about to embark on the semifinals. We're about to embark on the second round. Um, The Western Conference um, semifinals. Uh, I believe my last episode, I spoke on the Eastern Conference semifinals, the two matchups. So now I'm going to speak about the two matchups in the Western Conference. Uh, The first one. See, this is the one where people actually kind of thought that this would probably be a rematch in the Western Conference Finals, not in the second round. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, these two wind up meeting in the second round, and now we in for a doozy. Like, I truly think this year the second round is going to be some shit. You know what I'm saying? And that matchup would be the Golden State Warriors against the Houston Rockets. Um, Obviously, Houston... Went through the Jazz um, very easily. Uh, they won that series four games to one. Um, the Golden State Warriors um, took, you know, took a pound of flesh. Well, the Clippers took a pound of flesh from the Warriors. They forced it to go six games. Um, I said, I said that it would probably end in five games, but the Clippers basically didn't give up. Um, Game Game Six, I think they just ran out of. I, game Six, I just think they ran out of steam. Um, they started off real strong, but you know when you got that seven foot monster KD, there's nothing you could do. You know KD dropped fifty points in that game. Um, Iguodala balled out in Game Six, something that they need, something that they needed desperately. You know what I'm saying? Draymond was playing phenomenal from the jump, whether it was crashing rebounds, getting offensive rebounds, assisting the ball, and that contribute to him getting a double double that, that contribute to him getting a double double. Um Steph Curry got hurt again, you know, something with his ankle. Um he did try to come back, but with that ankle injury, you know what I'm saying, like you gotta start questioning, you know, is he gonna be one hundred percent going into this series against the Houston Rockets? So I think it's gonna be very interesting to see how this plays out. In fact, Steve Kerr actually um, was interviewed, I believe it was on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it was on Saturday. And supposedly Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are questionable for game one. But obviously we know that's bullshit. Obviously that's just the mind game. Obviously the Warrior, obviously Steph and Klay is going to play in game one. He's not fooling nobody, but, you know, I get it. You know, it's a cat and mouse game, you know, when it comes to the coaching, you know, in the NBA playoffs. But we know that um, Steph and Clay are definitely going to play. But um, to speak about this series, um, the Rockets, they won the season series three games to one. Um, but obviously, that's that's regular season. You know, this is playoffs now. You know, it doesn't mean anything. You know, I'm just speaking on it because it sounds good. You know what I'm saying? And it gives me, you know, more airtime. 
three of the four wins were decided by less than six points. Uh, James Harden averaged 33 points and nine dimes against the Warriors in the regular season. Steph Curry averaged 28 points a game, shot 37% from the three-point line. Um, Key factors in this series. Can Chris Paul stay healthy? Will he survive this series? You know, obviously last year, you know, he tried to play the series. They lost in five. Well, he left in five games. You know, he messed up his hamstring in game five. So obviously he couldn't play in game six. And obviously he couldn't play in game seven when the Warriors basically forced a game seven. So you have a lot of people saying, oh, if Chris Paul would have played, they probably would have won the series. I don't do the if business. And the reason why I don't do the if business is because even with Chris Paul being hurt and game after him getting hurt in game five, you still had game six. You still had game seven. So what was your excuse? There is none. You still had two games to go out there and perform and you didn't let it and, and you didn't happen. What was important to y'all was shooting all these damn threes when you constantly couldn't make any. You know what I'm saying? I believe they missed like 20-something threes in a row. You know, instead of stopping that and, you know, trying to drive to the lane and make something happen, y'all kept shooting threes. But that's nothing new. Look who your coach is. That's all he knows is shooting damn threes. Um, Eric Gordon, will he be healthy? But he's playing, he's, he, he's, play, he's playing good in these playoffs, so, you know, let's see what happens with him. P.J. Tucker. Clint Capella is on a mission. Um, he wanted the Warriors. You know what I'm saying? As, so, as soon as they took out the Utah Jazz, he made it abundantly clear he wants the Warriors. Uh, he said, to, you know, he, he basically um, phrased Ric Flair, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Um, he said, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And contrary to whatever it is, you know, this wasn't the best, you know, this wasn't the best season from the Warriors as they as they have been formed for the last five years. But at the end of the day, they're still NBA champs. They're still defending NBA champs. So, Clint Capella is absolutely right. To be the best, you got to beat the best. And now you have your opportunity to do it. Um, Austin Rivers, what impact is he going to put? What impact is he going to have in this series? It's going to be interesting. Um, is he going to take his anger out on the Warriors for taking his father out? So, you know, let's see what happens with that. I will say this though. Um, they have some, they have, they they have some formidable defenders. That was one thing that they lacked during the regular season, but they made some moves in the off season. They picked up again, they picked up Austin Rivers. Uh, they picked up Sharp and they picked up the Manimal, Kenneth Fareed. All three of these guys can play defense. You know, that's one thing that they, well, that's two things that they lost um, from Trev- from losing Trevor Ariza. And, um, dang, I can't even, I can't even pronounce homeboy's name. I know he plays for the Clippers now, but he really don't get that much burn. But, anyway, it is what it is. But, I'm not trying to, I'm, I, I can't pronounce homeboy's name. I don't want to say it wrong, but it is what it is. Um, again, the Rockets have been hell-bent, and they've been waiting for this series to the point where as soon as, they, as soon as they beat Utah, instead of going home, they flew to Oakland. They flew to Oakland, waiting for the Warriors. 
you know, unfortunately, they had to stay out there a little longer because, you know, it took them six games. You know, it took the Warriors six games to beat the Utah Jazz, but I kind of like the move somewhat. You know, letting them, like, they, like they knew off the jump that Golden State was going to beat the Clippers. That's why they made this move. Um, they said, all right, season is over. All right, Utah season is over. Instead of us going home, let's go to Oakland. Let's practice there. Let's get ready for them. Let's get ready in the Bay. And that's what they did. So, you know, it's a cat and mouse game. You know what I'm saying? Um, with Golden State, obviously, there's no answer for KD. I don't see, I don't see anybody on Houston doing anything to stop Kevin Durant. There's nothing you pretty, there's nothing, there's nothing you can do about that. You know what I'm saying? Um, again, like I said, Steph Curry's injury. I mean, as far as his ankle, how's that gonna play? How is that gonna play out in this? How is that gonna play out in this in this series? It's gonna be very interesting. Um, y'all know how y'all know how Houston like running them pick and rolls. You know, with his with with the, with, with that with that ankle injury and it not being stable, I'm running that like crazy. I'm having Steph Curry run, run, run. I'm having him make cuts through these picks, you know, through backdoor screens, all that shit. I'm gonna make him. I'm, I'm gonna make him work with them ankles. You know what I'm saying? But again, that's you know, I'm not Mike D'Antoni. That's how. That's how you know he's the coach. Let's see how it plays out. Um, Clay Thompson, obviously, there's no answer for him. Uh, Draymond, he's the X factor. Um, he's the spark plug. Can he stay out of trouble? Can he not get technical fouls? It's eager to see, I'm eager to see how that's going to play out. Um, Sean Livingston, he didn't really do much against the Clippers series. They're going to need him in this one, though. i tell you that much. Um, Iggy, if he can ball out like he did in game six against the Clippers... That's gonna be a real good look for the Golden State Warriors because they need like they like like the way he played in Game Six against the Clippers. The Warriors are gonna need him to play like this in this series. I'm not saying he's gonna have to do it every game, but depending on how far it goes, yeah, he's gonna need to play. He's gonna need to have a a, a, a great series. Um, Looney, Andrew Bogut. Um, I'm eager to see how that's going to be. I'm eager to see how that's going to play out, especially Andrew Bogut and his one-on-one matchup with um, Clint Capella um, at the center position. Um, Having said all that, obviously I have to pick a winner. And uh, it's not going to be easy. Um, I just trust somehow, some way, Regardless of the struggles against the Clippers, I just truly believe that the Golden State Warriors will find a way to win this series. Now, how many how many games? I'll take it a step further. I'll say this series will be over in either six or seven games. Um, what Houston do, what what Golden State doesn't want is to lose home court advantage. And it can happen. Um, Houston is not scared of Golden State. They're not scared to play them in Oracle. So, I mean, two of the three wins was in Oracle. So, 
they're not scared. You know, they're not scared to go to Oakland to play. So if the Warriors had any, any common sense, they would have to. They would have to hold. You know, they would have to hold. They would have to hold ground on home, on home, on home court and win both games, which is game one and game two, because that series actually starts on Sunday. So if they were smart, Golden State would win both those games and then go to Houston. 2-0 as opposed to going to Houston 1-1. So again, I have Houston winning that series. I have Houston winning that series. I mean, I, I mean, I have Golden State winning that series um, in six games or seven games. Um, the next series, the next Western Conference semifinals matchup that's now etched in stone now is uh, the Portland Trailblazers and the Denver Nuggets. Uh, the Denver Nuggets, uh, beat the San Antonio Spurs in game seven, um, last night, um, which is crazy for me because, um, I had the Spurs winning the series and, uh, being that the Spurs forced a game seven when the young Nuggets had a chance to, you know, finish them off in game six and you let a veteran team like the Spurs, um, stay alive in the series and force a game seven. I actually thought... Um, Denver would lose the series off that. Um, San Antonio had their opportunities. They had their moments. Um, but the problem was, you know, you only scoring 13 points in the first quarter. Um, shooting 26% from the three. Six for 23 from the three. Shooting 26% from the tray. Um, that's not going to help. You know what I'm saying? And then once again... You have two players who, for some reason, can't get it together when it comes to crunch, clutch playoff games. Clutch playoff games. And that will be LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan. They're showing, they showed their postseason jitters in a clutch game where your fans needed you, when your organization needed you to step up and do some damage and... A clinching game. They came up short. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge, 41 points. 16 rebounds. I mean, 16 points. 11 rebounds. 16 points is not going to be enough. That is not enough. In this game, in this in, in this magnitude, you got to step up. You got to ball, you gotta ball out. You got to score more points. You just have to. 6 for 16 from the field. You didn't step up to the plate. You didn't perform to your best ability in this clutching and in, in, in this crunch game. DeMar DeRozan, this was just saying this was your problem in Toronto as well when you were in the Eastern Conference. You couldn't step up when you needed to. Played 43 minutes, 19 points, eight boards. You came alive in the second half. Where was that energy in the first half? Had you balled out like you did somewhat in the second half. Maybe the Spurs would have won the game. You shot 7 for 21 for the field. You didn't perform. Let's shout out Rudy Gay. This was somebody, this was someone who people said was probably on their last legs as it pertains to, you know, playing in the NBA. This game he showed he still got a little something in the tank. 21 points, 8 boards. That's something that the Spurs needed. They needed him to step up, and he did. Forbes hit some key threes in the fourth quarter. 
Um, 19 points. They, he showed up. Derek Wright was non-existent in this game. And I think, you know, I think after, you know, his performance in game three, I think, you know, he got just a little too comfortable. You know, he started, you know, hearing the whispers of, you know, him being a future star in the league, yada, yada, yada. I think he let that get to his head, and it kind of fucked him over. Um, but can't take nothing away from Denver. You know, um, Jokic, triple-double, 21-15-10, even though he shot 9 for 26 from the field. Um, Jamal Murray hit was hitting two, hit, hit two key baskets in crunch time, 23 points. But... I think that game, I think game seven was more so about the Spurs not capping off of the miscues from the Denver Nuggets. Because it was, for a minute, it looked like a blowout. Um, But Denver, being inexperienced, was letting the Spurs get back in this game, Um, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, But let's just get to the meat and potatoes of it. The Spurs had an opportunity to have Denver fans continuously biting their nails at the end. Um, 90-86, 30 seconds left. The Spurs down by four. DeMar DeRozan, um, he goes up for a layup. I believe it was Jokic or Millsap, I believe, that blocked the layup. And instead of the Spurs fouling at that point, you're down by four. Why aren't you fouling? You let them run the ball. Well, you let them dribble the ball up the court. You see Coach Pop. You see him on the sidelines yelling, foul, foul. Maybe the crowd was maybe the crowd was too loud. They couldn't hear. But even with even with that, you still should have been able to foul. Like y'all a veteran team. Y'all know how this works. You're down by four. Time's running out. It's time to foul. When they tried to foul, basically the Nuggets basically took all the time out and the game was pretty much over. Um, so congrats to the Denver Nuggets. They, des- they, they, they deserve the win. Um, shout out to Mike, Coach Mike Malone. Um, I still think Coach Pop is still a GOAT. You know, unfortunately, this is his second straight first round exit. I believe this is the first time he's had to endure that in his Hall of Fame career. But now it's time to look forward. And that would be the Denver Nuggets, again, against the Portland Trailblazers. Um, I think this series is going to be very interesting. Very interesting. Um, both teams can defend their home floor very well. Um, the Nuggets with 34-7. and seven. At home in the regular season, Portland was 32-9. and nine. Both of these places are tough to play at, obviously. The crowds are very rugged, um, especially in Portland. Um, the Nuggets won the season series three games to one. Um, the Blazers, though, um, I'm going to just get straight to it. I think the Blazers are going to win this series. Um I, I just believe they're just riding high off that series against the Thunder. I believe the Blazers have more firepower. Um, just off the aspect of you got Damian Litter, CJ McCullough. 
This is probably the second best backcourt in the league. Obviously, the, obviously, the best backcourt is Stephen Clay. Nobody tops them. Um, but I do believe Damian Littard and um, C.J. McCullough is by far the second best backcourt in the NBA. When you have your point guard averaging 33 points a game and your shooting guard averaging 24 points a game, it's it's tough to say that you're not the best backcourt in the league. Um, Enos Cantor, if he can average a double-double in this series like he did with OKC, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be real, real interesting. Um, Aminu, what kind of series is he going to have? He had an okay series. He, he, he had a decent series against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, Herkless. He had an okay series. He had a decent series. Um, what type of impact are they going to have, you know, in this series against the Denver Nuggets? Um, obviously, the Nuggets have Jokic, who's basically one of the top centers in the league. Um, some may have him first. Some may have him second. I really don't know where I rank him as far as the centers, but he's definitely coming of age, though. I'll tell you that much. Um... He's almost averaging a triple-double in these playoffs so far. He's averaging 24, 12, and 9. Um, Jamal Murray. Um, I'm eager to see how that matchup is going to play out. Um, I believe with the backcourt of Gary Harris and Jamal Murray going up against Damian Lillard and C.J. McCullough. Because which backcourt is going to be able to play the best defense on each other? Because I'll say this much, the way Damian Lillard is shooting right now, I don't think there's anything you can do with that. Because he's not just shooting your average threes. He's shooting them from 30 feet and draining them with ease. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So I'm eager to see how that's going to play out. Um, Paul Millsap, I'm eager to see. The matchup between, I believe, is going to be him and Aminu. Uh, Aminu. I think that's going to be the matchup, or unless they're going to, you know, pair him up with Herkless. Um, Will Barton, Travis Craig, will they step up, you know, in this series? Um, they was basically playing musical chairs with them, you know, in the previous series with the Spurs and, you know, Barton being in the starting lineup first, and then Craig, you know, being in the starting lineup afterwards. But, um, again, I think this series will be over in, I want to say, six games. I think, um, I believe Portland can win this in six games. Um, I think they can still win in, I think they can still win in Denver. Um, I'm not sure if the Nuggets can go to Portland and win a game there, but I do believe that the Blazers can go to Denver and win one. So that's why I have the Blazers winning this in six games. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we went seven. Um, But I will say this, though. Um, I'm loving the playoffs right now. Um, It's a lot of surprises. Obviously, in the Eastern Conference, the usual suspects made the semifinals. You know, all season long, before the season started, you know, the four-headed monster in the East was Philly, Boston, Toronto, and Milwaukee. All four of those teams made it. 
Um, in the semifinals, now in the Western Conference, we have the Nuggets, Blazers. Those two teams were the surprises. Obviously, the usual suspects was Golden State and Houston. I'm quite sure people wanted them to meet up in the semifinals, but unfortunately, that, 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 that didn't happen. And we got the Nuggets and we got the Blazers. Happy for it. So these playoffs are going off very. These playoffs are going off great. Um, I believe this series with the Nuggets and Trailblazers. I believe this series will start on Monday. Um, so we got some great basketball coming up. We got some great. Ba- we got some great basketball series coming up. Um, so you know it's a wrap for this episode. Um, I did enough talking. Um, again, thank you to everybody for taking their time out to listen to the podcast um whether you're whether whether you listen to it before you go to sleep whether you cooking a nice meal whether you're at work bored and you need something to listen to or on your drive home i definitely appreciate it um if you want to download and just listen to the podcast and subscribe to it you know there's plenty of ways you can do it um you can follow your boy on spotify my podcast is on Spotify. Um, it's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Google Podcasts. Um, you can also download that Anchor app. Hit that favorite button. It's like it's, it's basically it's basically the subscribe button. They just use the favorite word, but um, those are the ways that you could basically listen to the podcast. Um, it's also streaming on Stitcher, uh, Breaker. Uh, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Radio Public. Those are the other streaming platforms that it's on. But uh, again, you know, it's time for your boy to go. Um, it's going to be a hectic, you know, few days for me. So, you know, hopefully, you know, I can get this episode out soon. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to waiting to, you know, next Friday or something to drop this episode. I'm hoping that I can get this out by Monday. Um, crossing my fingers, but uh, again, thank you, love you, continue to support. Um, until next time, this has been another episode with Sportsway with Dre Day podcast. Um, have a great weekend, enjoy yourselves, be safe, be blessed, peace and love. I'm out of here.